Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we sit down and talk with George Washington strength and conditioning coach Dan Ramondi. Danny uh, really has an interesting conversation today. We, we are going to sit here and look at Dr. Dan Baker's max aerobic speed work. Uh, this was a really awesome and well taken article that was on Freelap probably about six months ago. Um, and it really pointed out some really neat things, some, some different ideas. And Danny kind of took the ball and ran with it a little bit. He's going to talk to us about how he implemented it with his soccer and lacrosse players and the progressions that he used throughout the offseason with his student-athletes. What I think it really gets neat is so Danny starts talking a bit about the different modes or the different ways these exercises are done uh, that Dr. Baker talks about in the article. And he talks about how he modified some of those um, parameters based on, you know, the preparedness level of his athletes. So, you know, like he mentions at some point that you, you don't want to change too much of the chef's recipe, but he, he looked at there were some points where his kids, whether uh, for whatever reason it may be, just there were some things that they weren't able to quite hit when it came to time-wise. So changing the parameters a little bit allowed them to progress better, allowed them to move forward better, allowed them to be successful. So things like that I think are really cool where you can take someone, you know, Dr. Baker is so highly respected around the world and rightfully so, you know, with all of that he's done through the research and coaching. But to take a, a younger coach like Danny to, to look at his stuff and say, this stuff really is awesome and this is how we used it and this is the little wrinkle we had to put into it. I think that's really cool, and I think that that helps other people start to understand how they can look at things and, and implement them, and maybe isn't being implemented to a T precisely how that person states it, but it, it gives you an idea of how you can modify things to fit with your athletes. You know, and then what he does is he, he really breaks it down from start to finish, what he did in the beginning, the middle, and the end, uh, how he modified things, how he split up his teams, you know, results that he, he saw, the things that he liked, things he didn't like, and parts of what he did that he would change. You know, and, and to me, that's really brave. So I, I really appreciate Danny sitting down and, and actually sharing what he did, what he thought of it, and, and what he's going to alter going forward with his programming. And I hope you guys enjoy the talk. Uh, let's get right to it. Let's go ahead and get it started then, Danny. What do you got going on right now up there at GW that's got you excited, my man? So uh, right now... Um Past the past year, I've been here at GW um, and been playing with a new style of conditioning, at least new for me. Um, it's been around for a while um, as far as uh, what Coach Dan Baker has done out in, uh, out in with the, uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Um, I first saw his article, it was a recent trends in high-intensity aerobic training article. Um, and I think since then, he's written on, on free lap and he's, he's posted a lot of stuff on this. Um, so it's been new to me, but I've been playing with it for about, uh, about a, the past year. Um, it's probably the biggest change I've made in my, in my conditioning, my fitness stuff with my, uh, specifically my women's soccer team. Um, but we've also done it with my men's soccer team and, and we've put pieces of it with our other field sports, like women's, uh, lacrosse, um, specifically. So what it really, um, is, is all based around this concept of, of max aerobic speed, um, and so essentially what we do, depending on the team, so like for women's lacrosse, for example, we use the one-mile test uh, to get the number. And for women's soccer and men's soccer, we can use the yo-yo test. Um, 
And what we do is we take that final final stage, so the, the multi-stage test, we take the final stage, which will give us a, uh, a speed in kilometers per hour, all right, which we can then convert over to meters per second. And uh, Coach Baker is pretty good. He gives you a formula how to convert. Because of the nature of a shuttle test with the decelerations, you might get a skewed MAS score. So he'll give you a formula to convert that score to make it more realistic. Um, or conversely, if you're doing like a mile test, so you take the mile in meters, which would be 1609, and then uh, divide by the time in seconds, and you get a meters per second score, you can convert it to uh, whatever, you, whatever you want, yards per second, feet per second. Um, just use that Google machine to, to do that. And uh, what we do from there, once we have their max aerobic speed scores, the whole purpose of, or at least for me with this conditioning, was a really good objective way to see the progressions throughout the primarily GPP phases, which would be like for me, preseason women's soccer, off-season women's lacrosse, um, that summertime period basically. Um, we'll still use it um, in this fall period with my women's lacrosse team, um, but for soccer primarily, we do it in the, fall, in the, uh, in the summertime. Um, so early in the summer, we have a very clear clear uh, progression of beginning on more of a, a sub-max uh, max aerobic speed, and we progress generally to super-maximal methods kind of just straight from what coach Baker prescribes um, again starting around 90% of that max aerobic speed so hypothetically let's say we get a girl and uh, we take her last stage of the yo-yo and uh, we calculate out what she can run max aerobically and uh, it's about 4.4 meters per second just throwing them out there we convert it over to yards and uh, it says hey you know she should be able to run you know we start off with a long interval uh, maybe a 90 second uh uh, burst, and it's going to be a you know it comes out that she should be able to run a full lap on the soccer field in 90 seconds, so that puts her maybe about 90 percent. So we're going to go with a one to one work to rest ratio, 90 seconds on rest, 90 seconds in place, and she'll repeat that four times. Um, after those four after those four reps, she'll take about a three minute break, and then repeat the series once more. Um, and that's it. And that's it. We can track from that. We can track the time she spends at a high intensity or time spent at 90%. Uh, we can track distance. We can track a lot of things. We have some pretty good markers. And more importantly, in the summertime, she has an objective goal. She knows she's running around the soccer field. So there's no kind of, you know, well, you're going to run for X amount of time. You know, she has a definitive distance. She has a definitive time frame. So she knows for sure if she needs to be, you know, under 90 seconds or where she falls. If she comes in a little bit later, then she knows that she needs to improve upon that each week. You know, it's kind of it, the one difficulty with this usually is that you usually have to kind of give a range um, because obviously not like people, most will fall in kind of what I've found it to be about three buckets, you know, a slower group, a middle group and a faster. Group. And so if you kind of give a range, let's say you said instead of saying 90 seconds for that first lap, you might say 90, 95 seconds. And so it also kind of gives you a chance to auto regulate a bit because if you have your fast girls feeling slow, maybe she just practiced or something, you know, your fast girls might not have to be a bumped up to 95 or 93. So your fast girls have the opportunity to go a little slower if they're they're fried. Your slower girls, if they're feeling fresh, can go a little faster. And you've kind of got an inbuilt uh, safety mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, and so we progress from those longer intervals, um, just like Dan Baker, Coach Baker says. We start working in our shorter work just as the, as the summers go along. Depending on the sport, uh, women's across, for example, I'll, I'll keep them in the longer phase a little longer because they're not reporting back to camp in early August. So we'll keep in those longer phases, a little bit longer, before we progress into the more 
short time frames with more change of directions. That's kind of the biggest progression we make is we just the time frames generally stay between about five and ten minutes when we do our series. Um, and the intensity is what change, the work to rest ratios are, are what change. We go from more of a one to one to a two to one work to rest. Um, I use a lot of what he calls the uh, the Euro fit, which is a fifteen on, fifteen off um, method. So just a one to one, and we're working about one hundred and ten percent of of max aerobic speed. And what we found uh, it works pretty well with with a lot of the with with kind of like that middle bucket when you think like that 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 middle group is uh, sideline to sideline. So for a soccer field, about seventy five yards, fifteen seconds across, rest fifteen, come back in another fifteen seconds. You just repeat that for time. Um, and you can really, you kind of have to play with your team. Uh, I've played with this stuff myself. I've played with the conditioning myself. Um, but depending on the athletes, if they're not used to this type of conditioning, one thing I found to be really helpful is to just treat it almost like we treat kind of weight training in the weight room is cluster it. You know, when I first started doing this with uh, with women's lacrosse, we would go 15 on, 15 off, and we'd use the full field. Um, and they weren't used to this the, the short rest periods and the, the intense nature of the, the, the bats. So what we did was, instead of going for a minimum five minutes, is what Coach Baker recommended in the article, um, I cut it down to three. Because about three was where we were starting to miss a lot of reps, um, and it was becoming really noticeable that the quality of the reps were, getting, were, were going down. So um, just in an effort, it, it, to me the most important parameter was the time spent at this super maximal Maxing aerobic speed. So this 110% time was being the most important variable. So I was like, well, let me just cut the time frame from five to three, and I'll tack on another rep at the end. So we did a, a three series of three minutes, 15 on, 15 off. The girls all line up on the on the goal line. We've got basically three cones or three kind of chunks along the field. So they know that if they're in group one, they're going to be running probably two to three yards further. Middle group. Uh, you know, less and, and so on. So blow the whistle 15 seconds on by the 15 second mark, by the time the second whistle blows, they all need to be at their cones or pretty much within a step of it, you know, pretty dang close. So by the time that three minutes comes around, they're all pretty much within a step of that final line. Then we'll rest for two to three minutes and we'll repeat that series twice more. So I can track for me, I track total yardage and I can track time spent at a high intensity. That's usually kind of how we progress is, that's, is first adding a little bit of, of a time to the high intensity before we ever increase the intensity. Um, and if we do increase the intensity, so let's say we're going into uh, the next two or three weeks, we want to jump up a little more, uh, and we can go up to about 120% of max aerobic speed. We might cut back down again to six minutes of total high intensity. So maybe instead of doing three series of three, we might go um, three series of two. So it cuts us down from nine to six minutes. Um, with uh, that accommodation of the 120% intensity. Um, the biggest thing I kind of found, and, and not just the reason for, for keeping the quality of work high, but a big thing is also the the nature of it being winnable. I think early on, you know, if you're doing two five-minute bouts and the girls spend the last two minutes of each series failing, to me it's just kind of a, it's just a reminder to them that I don't want them, it's a reminder for them that, um, they're not fit, they're and they're slow, and I don't want them to always be thinking that. You know, it's, it's very hard conditioning. I'd rather them feeling f- finishing fast and feeling f- fairly fresh, as opposed to leaving just exhausted and dead and feeling like a failure. 
<laughs> a lot of uh, alliteration here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it's, to me, it's the truth. It's, especially early on in a, in a GBP phase or in the fall with like women's lacrosse, um, we want we want them coming off feeling pretty confident. You know, I want them feeling okay. Like you know, maybe I'm on the cusp of I'm just a, a step short. So I'm like I'm like right there. You know, women's soccer, same thing. I want them feeling like they're you know they're they're gonna, they can win these conditioning drills without feeling like it's impossible. You know, if they come in if they come into the next conditioning session with that thought of the first one is like, oh, it's I can't I can't make the last you know two minutes of time. It's just impossible. You know, but if they think, well, I made the first four and a half minutes. That last one was like right on my kind of the cusp of making it. To them, it's now they're one step away. So it's just a little bit more of a way to kind of boost the the, the confidence a little bit because we're going to progressively and we're going to progressively get harder and harder. And so we come out of the gates too strong, and they get too mentally down themselves early on. Uh, it just sets a bad tone for the rest of the, the semester. But yeah. So then, so you you do the longer stuff, the ninety second, ninety second stuff. Mm-hmm. You go into the the Eurofit, and you said that you're. So do you start them off right away at 110 percent, or do you start them at 100 percent? So when the long intervals, we start the long intervals with about. I use about 90 seconds. Um, I like the 90 seconds time frame. I think it worked pretty well. Um, but you could go up to five minutes. Depends on. Um, really depends on just what you want. Something I might play with later on is to go a little, a little longer to a five minute duration. Um, but with those with those uh, with those time frames, you're going to look at more of ninety to eighty five percent of max aerobic speed. So you're going to drop it down. Um, I know Coach Baker has a formula in his article for how he does that. It's uh, it's like no more than two thirds. So if hypothetically you could run your your max aerobic speed for five minutes, you wouldn't be able to repeat that uh, two thirds that speed. You wouldn't be able to repeat. So like three minutes would be the max you could, could do repeat shells at. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then he's got some. So, so the things you have to kind of play. With, those are kind of little things I think you have to kind of play with. Um, like I went into like to go back to the cluster. That's that was one thing I had to play with was dropping down from a five minute series on the Eurofit fifteen on fifteen off to a three minute. So same thing with long intervals. I think you got to kind of play with it a little bit. Um, for me, the ninety second um, lap worked really well. Um, it was a really good, um, I tracked for myself, like, average heart rate in the first series, average heart rate in the second series, and you can kind of track, you know, progressively, you know, if you want to kind of do a little N equals one experiment, you kind of track yourself, how your numbers change, um, but it's good, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging workout, it's not, um, impossible, it gives a good cardiac adaptation, and it's, uh, and it's very measurable, that's what I always like that, so yeah, we do, so we go from those 90%, mm-hmm. um, on the, on the early on and we phase into 100%, 110%. Um, we haven't done too much on beyond 110% um, only because I think I, I wanted to build up volume first mm-hmm. and just with the shorter off-season kind of working and phasing in the long stuff and the short stuff, um, we, you know, really kind of built in the, the time first. So instead of just mm-hmm. taking from like five minutes to six minutes, to eight minutes and then jumping to 120. I want to really build up good time frame first and then jump. So I really kind of stayed around 110% with the Eurofit. Um, we did some Tabata stuff. So a uh, little two to one work dress ratios being primary um, uh, thing we're modulating. And uh, we also experimented a little bit too with some uh, some variable distances. So mm-hmm. for soccer, for example, one thing we played with was the 18 uh, the yard line and the midline. 
So, you know, the first sprint might be, you know, out and back to the, you know, 18-yard line and back three times in X amount of time, maybe 23 seconds, 24 seconds, rest 12. So it's a two-to-one work-to-rest ratio. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing they might do might be, instead of going to the goal line back, they might now go up to the 15 back once. Right. You know, at a certain time, and then they're going to rest for, you know, half the time frame. Uh, it's just a way to kind of um, change it up a little bit. And so it wasn't always just going to the 18 back. It was a little bit of a mixture of uh, some longer stuff and some shorter stuff. And you can do it if you're if the coach is present. You can you can do some stuff where you set out maybe three or four different cones. One because like one one of the biggest things that Coach Baker will say is that athletes will begin to pace themselves. You you definitely do mm-hmm. pace yourselves when you do this thing. And um, one way you can accommodate that, you can kind of keep it somewhat chaotic. Is you know let's say you put out four cones, maybe different color cones. Um, so you might tell they won't know that rep which one they're running to, so they can't pace themselves as much. So they might say. You know, you're going to red cone and back three times. You're going to blue cone and back once. You know, you can uh, you can modify it that way and, and uh, kind of keep them from uh, adjusting their their pace just to, to kind of get into that, that cruising zone. You know, it keeps them on their toes more. Um, but again, for summertime programming, kept it very simple um, and really just progressed almost almost by the book. Like I said I made a couple of the modifications, but I tried to keep it pretty true to what Coach Baker was saying. I want to be a uh, the cook who uh, takes a chef's recipe and, you know, just tries to make it his own. I wanted to, to kind of follow his recipe and, mm-hmm. and not get to, uh, you know, I wanted to see how it worked and, and kind of as it was written. Um, and it worked pretty well. Like we were talking about, the hardest part with the summer is kind of knowing who did the program as it's written. Um, but, you know, I was talking with my girls, talking with, the, with some of my girls and, and what they were um, doing the summer and some that I knew were around. Um, all summer training and you know the one and there was a couple and they were honest with me they were very honest which I, I really appreciated about it you know, someone told me there was a couple of workouts that like you know, I didn't do you know the the, the one conditioning that was maybe um, you know two minute time frame like I didn't do that one but I did all the other ones and, and they would kind of tell you that stuff and, and the response was really positive um, they felt like it really applied to the sport they felt like it really prepared them um, for the sport for the demands um and most importantly, I mean, I think it gave them this objective number to reach for. You know, it wasn't like go run for 20 minutes. It wasn't some arbitrary uh, subjective gauge. Which is what I had done in the past. Um, one, one of the programs I wrote when I was at uh, when I was at Princeton, um, Ben had just given this talk on the PCSP stuff, mm-hmm. and I was really it was kind of one of those situations where I was really eager to do it, and I didn't have a great way of integrating it but I would have kind of just just jumped right in and I was like I want to toss this in there because I think it's really valuable um, which I don't think was wrong I just think I just didn't know how to do it properly and I started using you know RPE type stuff you know hey run four minutes at a seven or this kind of thing it was right. it was and it, to me like it made sense but for a summer program it's just I don't think it was a great way of doing it you know it's just you know looking back and you're like yeah this doesn't doesn't sound great just I was very eager to do it, and I like that much more. I can say now instead of saying, you know, if I if I know an RP of seven should be maybe seventy five percent of MAS. If I'm just making numbers up because I don't know if that actually is right, but hypothetically, let's say it is. I can actually say now your your lap time should be if you normally run ninety seconds, you should you know you've got a you got two minutes to run the lap, and that puts you maybe in the zone. And so now instead mm-hmm. of saying just RP of blank with the time frame blank, I can say one lap in blank. 
and they know it's probably a casual jog. You know, and if we tell them the goal of the workout is a recovery, low intensity workout, um, then I've kind of, I think I've kind of done the same thing with a much more uh, focused uh, attempt. Which, so I was, that's, that was kind of what kind of, it was a big realization for me after that, that first summer when I tried to do that. I was like, yeah, I got to figure out something, something better, especially for, for kids who are going to be on their own. Yeah, maybe more efficient would be a better way to say it. But yeah, no, I understand yeah. what you're saying. So if we go back to what, you know, how you're prescribing it. Let's, let, let's start talking. So, you know, we, we know you started about 90% for the 90 second intervals. And I know that Dr. Baker talks about a lot of things getting up into the 120% uh, percent range, especially looking at the, the Eurofit model and then the, the shuttles. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you put the kids in those shuttles, how did, how did you set the times and the distances and where did you set them percentage-wise when you started that? Um, so the percentages we always start with the Eurofit. We started with the Euro 110. Um, percent When I first started doing it, I jumped right to the Eurofit because uh, I really, honestly, I hadn't measured the field off, so I didn't really know what a, f- a full lap would have been. Mm-hmm. I know now, like for our field, for example, I know four and a half laps is a mile. Um, so when I started, the, to me, when I first started the Eurofit, I jumped right in. This was again the kind of a, a mistake I made. Um, I jumped right in the Eurofit, which was kind of like step two or three, and I kind of bypassed those first ones, those first steps, um, because to me it was the most uh, efficient way to set the field up. I could just take a tape measure out, measure off my three kind of cones, um, and so I kind of bypassed the first couple uh, erroneously, but we started off with a 15-second time frame, which uh, it was just Coach Baker's time frame is just prescribed, but like he said too, you can't get too long just because you run out of time, you run out of distance on the field. Um, so like for most of my 15 second durations, you know, I think most of the distances were about 75 to 85 yards. You know, we have a 114 yard field. You guys have kind of, kind of counting, especially for guys, you know, if you, even if you have to drop the, the, the time frame down, let's say you have a guy who's very fit, very fast. Hypothetically, let's say you have to drop down their times to 10 seconds. The key principle that you're still going to keep is the work to rest ratio. So you're going to still keep it one to one. So even if you go 15 to 15 versus 10 to 10, that just, it's not really that's not really a key a key factor. What's key is that the the time spent at a high intensity is the driving factor. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at probably at least five to ten minutes. You know, if they're very unfit, you know, you might you know you're be shifted towards that five minute frame. Um, as you progress, you want to try and get them further out to that 10 plus, you know, you could probably even take them, I know coach figures sometimes like two, six minute, two, two, eight minute series. Um, so I think it's totally possible that you can take these guys. If, if you've got them for a long time, you've got them really conditioned, you can take them out to those, um, beyond 10 minute parameters, but that's the kind of key driving factor. So if you, if you go 15 on 15 off, 10 on 10 off, whatever it is, you're keeping that work to rest in the, in the Eurofit moth and the Eurofit method. You're keeping it one to one, and you're keeping uh, the total time as your key driving parameter. So that's what I did first. I kind of decided what I uh, I wanted to do from a time time frame perspective. So I said I wanted 15 seconds. So I'm gonna, I know my my rest will be 15, and I know my total time needs to probably be at least about six minutes. And if I start with two three minute bursts, and I can add a third series, or I can or uh, I can jump to two four minute bursts. Um, one thing you can do, like, you know, if you start, so one thing I started playing with was I started with two three-minute series. My second week, we went to one five-minute series. You know, you try to make two four-minute series. Or, you know, you kind of, 
you can kind of chunk it around in, in certain ways and the athletes and you kind of get some feedback from like oh I you know, that one was much more tolerable than the other one you know the five when the one long burst in uh, you know a one long five minute series are usually pretty hated um, but when you kind of chunk it down to like three to four minutes they're usually pretty well uh, responded to uh, so that was the key the key is always just the time you spend at a high intensity and that if you're doing like a Eurofit, a one-to-one work to rest. If you're doing a Tabata, obviously you got to go up to two-to-one. Uh, but you, you know, you can always have an objective marker of the work you've done. If you always know you're uh, going ten minutes at high intensity, um, you know. The nice thing too about the conditioning with Coach Baker is that the progressions have a natural kind of inbuilt volume deload from week to week. Um, so when you go from a Eurofit to a Tabata, for example, you know you might go from Doing 10 total minutes at high intensity, you go up to 120% for 2 to 1. You might drop down to 6 minutes just by virtue of the fact that you're going up a high, higher intensity. So the volume is, is a huge deload. You know, intensity is, to me is never the, the, the limiting – intensity to me is never what really kills the organism. It's always, it's always that volume. So I'm always a little bit more uh, conservative in starting off with a lower volume and gradually going higher than coming out with a higher one. But I just think the volume is – um, what kind of drives athletes further further into kind of an overtraining and, and intensity, um, especially if it's a sport that's highly aerobic. You know, if they're not getting a ton of intense work during practice, that intensity for five minutes. We, for, here's an example: we had a um, two of my men's soccer players last year. We have more, we, we used the team two system, um, and they weren't able to practice during the spring. They weren't able to practice with the team because of class. So we train them in the morning, and we you know it was a kind of a kind of a hybrid speed uh, plyo session, and we finished with uh, two five minute series, two on the Eurofit, fifteen on, fifteen off, um, and, it's, and and you know for them it's it's really rough. It's it's a very tough workout, and uh, in reality it's five minutes of work. You know when you're going for ten minutes, uh, two five minute series, you know half the time is spent resting, and so one of the, one of the guys came up to me and he was. Uh, it was funny. He goes, you know, I want to see my, my training load from the day. He goes, I, uh, you know, there's no way those guys at practice are working harder than us. And it's funny because it, it, this drives home the volume point to me is I had seen his numbers that day and I said, you know, I was like, you know I'm glad he said that, man, because uh, I'll show you the numbers here. And his numbers and the other guys, the, the two guys' numbers were, I think, you know, the training load that Polar uses there was about like 106 or 110 for a 45-minute session that, that included other speed work and uh, some plyometrics and some medicine ball throws. And we finished it off with uh, with the conditioning. Compared to the guys who were practicing, now you factor out the volume of two hours of you know moderate work, and they were all running you know forty to fifty points higher. And it was just kind of you know for me like listen, volume is not or intensity is not what's going to kill the organism. It's the volume, and you can you can run at a moderate pace for two hours and have higher training loads than guys who ran at a higher pace you know for five minutes and. Quality work is, you know, we're getting we're getting really high quality of work. We're getting very focused efforts, and um, that's just kind of a, a good example. And that I always like to use is just five minutes is, yeah, it's, you know, that's not a huge, not a huge training load. No, and but it's efficient. It's efficient, and you know, especially a lot of the, a lot of the kids in the summer times, they're playing a lot of summer league stuff, club games. And so you think if I can make a conditioning system that says, hey, you're going to do um, 15 on, 15 off, sideline, sideline for six minutes. 
they play their league games. Let's say let's say they're playing like a little, a little less skilled athlete, so maybe it's not as challenging. They get to the end of it. They're still feeling pretty good. They know definitively this will take no longer than five or six minutes. They know for sure. It's not like I got 20 more minutes of running to do. They can go. It's, it's two songs. They put on their iPhone. They they run for for six minutes. You know, and it's it's a uh, like you said it's efficient. They're at the end of the practice. They maybe spend all the time in kind of a more of an aerobic type zone. They come to the end, do their five six minutes of work. Done. That's it. You know. And most importantly is compliance. Is it, is it optimal? Is there, you know, is there a better loading or, or volume that they could be done? Probably. But if they do that consistently, I'll take the consistency over the person who does the random perfect workout every time. I'll take that consistently. Yeah. Um, so that, that was kind of for me a good one too. Just like you said, is, is, is efficiency. So then you also mentioned there was a couple things that you messed up on. On, uh, so jumping too fast. So so how would you progress this oh, now as yeah. opposed to then? Yeah. So well, that, that was the thing I, I think I jumped on too quickly was just going right to the super maximal work. Mm-hmm. So jumping right to 100, 110% max aerobic speed. Um, the long intervals were really useful. The ones early on, the sub, the 90% or so, that works really useful. Um, I would always go back and phase those in early in the prep period. Um, if it's a team that's going to come back early in August, like a soccer team, I would keep that phase shorter. So maybe two to three weeks, and that's it. For a team like my women's lacrosse team, they're going to come back in uh, late August, and we have all followed prepared still. So I'm going to keep that phase longer. I might extend that out to five to six weeks, just because there's a lot of good adaptations I think that they can make there uh, on those long stuff um, before we have to really progress into the more super maximal methods. Um, and we still do in those phases, we'll still do, you know, speed agility work. So it's not like they're getting, um, only exposed to uh, long duration stuff. Um, I just think, you know, for kind of depending on what the, the demands are, you know, if you're, if you're going to report early, you may not be able to, and especially a team like soccer who, who does usually generate some time spent at longer, um, distances, you know, it's kind of known more for, um, you know, having backgrounds with LSD stuff, long, slow distance work, um, you may not have to spend as much time there. Um, lacrosse is, again, a little more known for their, their, their short bursts and their, um, a big, you know, really common lacrosse test is at the NGR shuttle test. And so I think for them, getting them out of that, uh, the change of direction and spending some more quality time just at a continuous kind of pace um, with, with minimal change of direction is just not just valuable for for progressing later on, but it's also valuable to take, take some pressure off the tissue, off the joints, um, give them a little bit of a, a respite from that. Awesome. So then you're saying step one then is the 90 seconds? That's where I began. Um, you could even chop it down to, you, know, you could have them do, it really kind of depends on, I, I used, for example, I always use the, our soccer field, um, which also has the, the cross lines on it. Um, that's kind of a key factor, I guess, today, you should probably say. The cross lines are on the field, so I know, you know, the farthest most of the cross lines are about two yards beyond the soccer goal lines. Um, so I kind of know roughly all the distances. So I might say, you can even start with half a lap. You could go 35 or uh, 40 seconds, half a lap, um, make it gradually a bit faster and um, yeah, you could, you could really kind of use anything. You could say, start with two and a half to three minutes. I'm, it's really kind of, a, it's, it's totally the call of, I, I just picked 90 and went with it. It was, it was somewhat arbitrary. I mean, 90 worked out really well because it can't be one, basically one lap. 
And so instead of saying like, oh, we're going to do one in you know a quarter lap, or, it was just a nice clean number, just one lap. Um, we played, there was a couple of numbers I'd played with over some time, and I was reviewing kind of the programs, um, and I needed to modify those numbers. I think I tried to do, I tried to do at one point, like I think it was like two laps in three minutes, which was probably pretty aggressive if the 90-second pace is a pretty fast pace. So mm-hmm. that was a number I, I looked back on. I was like, that's that's not the right number. I need to fix that one. Um, and so, yeah, you just kind of have to kind of kind of play with it. If you know, for example, like that, that 90-second time works out really well or that, that lap works out really well, mm-hmm. yeah, go for that and, and just uh, phase in the other stuff, the super maximal work in uh, later on. But really just pick whatever, whatever works for you. I mean, I'll probably, probably next, next summer I'll probably try and uh, – phase in some longer stuff, some four to five minute long intervals and I'll probably have to figure out and I'll probably go test myself out with it. Just, uh, you know, I'm not too fit myself. So I'm a, I'm a fairly good gauge of, I think what, uh, what a lot of, uh, athletes, at least kind of like average athletes can be able to do just cause I'm, uh, I tested my own yo-yo. It wasn't, wasn't great. And I can kind of get my own max rubric speed. So I should be able to figure out, you know, if I want to do a four minute interval, is that, you know, two and a half laps? Is it, you know, two, you know, What's realistic? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's uh, what are they going to do that won't kill them? Yeah, no, totally, <laughs> that's not the uh, not the goal. It's not to uh, annihilate, annihilate annihilate them after every workout. Oh, no doubt, Danny. This is some pretty neat and interesting stuff. I really appreciate you sharing it. A lot of things people can walk away with here and just start toying with. Man, this is big. Yeah, time. yeah, I really um, definitely recommend go out. Uh, I, I stole most of this from from Coach Dan Baker. I, I really recommend people go out check his stuff out. He's got great. Uh, he's got great stuff. He's always. Um, he, he, he explains it well. He's got the research to support it. Um, he's got the experience to support it, um, which I think is which is when you get those couple those couple things that work in con- conjunction. You got the uh, the experience. You've got the science, um, and he's got the numbers. He's you know someone who's always I think pretty willing to share his data. I've, I've seen him post several times on Facebook, and he puts his numbers out there, and um, that's huge. So yeah, I definitely recommend you go out and read that stuff. It's a uh, it's a it's a I think pretty much a game changer as far as uh, being objective and, uh, and honest with, with what kind of conditioning and fitness you're doing with teams. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate the time, Danny. Great talk. And we will thanks, uh, be in touch soon, bro. All right. Thanks, man. All right, brother. Bye. Special thanks to GW Assistant Strength and Conditioning Coach Danny Ramondi for coming on today. You know, again, guys, I, I think it, it's brave for anyone to kind of put their neck out there and say, this is what I did and these are the results I got. And you know what? It wasn't perfect. This is what I plan on changing. This is how I think we can make it better. You know, and, and I think it's even really awesome, even more so because he took someone, Dr. Dan Baker, who is so highly respected, and again, rightfully so. The man has earned all the respect in the world from, from all of us for everything that he's done, and He's saying that, you know, looking at what he's done and, and the, the work that he's contributing to us as coaches and saying, this works really well, we just had to do it a little different because of A, B, or C. And again, I think that's super awesome. And, I, you know, with kudos to both of them. Thank you to, to Dr. Dan Baker for, A, writing the article and doing the research and putting the work out, and, and B, to Danny for sticking his neck out and saying, this is what we did, you know, take it or leave it for what it's worth. You, you know, if you like it, you do. If you don't, you don't. Um, So, yeah, I think that's really sweet. I think it's awesome, man. And as always, guys, hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, thoughts, please, uh, you know, go ahead and post them below. Leave them on Facebook. 
shoot us a tweet, leave them below any of the podcast posts or the video posts on YouTube. Danny's around. He's always been involved with everything, guys. So if you have any questions or any follow-ups that you want to hear from this or see from this, feel free to fire away, and I'm sure that he'll get right to it. And uh, stay tuned, guys, because next week we've got another awesome edition of the podcast. We will see you then.